GoonQuest is a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing podcast containing both crude and sensitive humor, with occasional references to things like drugs. Content warnings can be found in the description. In an instant, the continent of Inthria faced a turning point as magic and gods which had once been gone for over a thousand years returned in a flash. A sovereignty, only recently formed by the joining of three kingdoms, now stands as a beacon in the ensued chaos. With magic's sudden return and the rise of both good and evil theologic practice, many are left to question the integrity of the sovereignty with these new strong influences. It all begins with a group of adventurers brought together in the wake of a small town's destruction by the flames of the dragon Calyrex. This is Goon Quest. My name is Jimmy May, and I'm your debatably sadistic dungeon master to this world of my own creation. Joining me today and days going forward are my goons. Say hi, goons. Hi, goons. goons. Did you just act? Yeah. Yes, you okay. did. <laughs> um, okay, so Goon Quest is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast set in the fictional world of Anthiel and on the continent of Inthria. As part of our opening session zero, we'll be doing introducing the players and their characters uh, they made uh, with giving introductory of where our story began. And part of my hope is that when we're doing this, we'll be able to, when people are listening to this podcast, we'll be able to follow along to the mechanics of the game so people won't have no idea what's going on, basically. Double negative there. Uh, my best brief explanation of this, of some of the rules of Dungeons & Dragons, uh, we'll cover both in this session zero and during the campaign as we go. Um can we just kind of go ahead and int- so we can introduce ourselves? Uh, my name is Jimmy May, of course, and I'm joined today by five uh, players, uh, starting with uh, jo- Joey. You don't have to stand there and wait for me to... Oh, yes. Hello, I'm Joey, and I'll be playing the character Plato. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were doing that later. I, I was like, hey, guys, be casual. And oh, okay. like, hmm. <laughs> oh, is my turn to speak yet, sir? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Dungeon Master, can I speak? Um, I don't have to talk. Can to I see my family sir? again? I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. All right. Um, yeah, so Plato comes from uh, the... Hey, why don't we just let everyone introduce themselves first? <laughs> just tell me your name. Dragon. Wait, what? <laughs> We're already up to a great start. Yeah, great start already. I was so confused. I heard tell him about Plato, so I was telling him about Plato. Uh, yeah, that's our bad. We told him to do that. Yeah, yeah we. Okay. I oh, think we trolled you. That's on us. Hi, I'm Jaden. I'm playing Ithquant. Hello, I'm Alec. I'm playing Adris. I'm Samuel, and I'm playing Borovic. Uh, I'm James, and I'm playing Veraldin. No, you're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, depends on who you ask. Correct. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Okay. Uh, Are we doing good? Yeah, you're doing. You're doing. <laughs> just do you want? Do you want a little sticker? Yes. Can you get a little star. Yeah, you can have a little star. A little gold star for Yay. you. All right. Um. Okay, you guys need to stop kissing each other. It's the first. <laughs> <laughs> it's our session zero. Stop kissing. Session zero. Quote the session. You wow. have to stop kissing. Took half the session for the dungeon master to start sucking. <laughs> All right. Um, More like telling us not to suck. <laughs> The world I've kind of set up is, it's called Anthiel, and we're playing on the continent of Inthria, which is basically this world that has existed for thousands and thousands of years, um, and it had this golden age of magic and artifice and has this large continent body of, uh, body of land which dominates most of the area and has plenty of cities and in the past had floating cities we called Fulrin, and uh, the ability to traverse the land was without pause at all as people could teleport people can use magical contraptions to get all over the place uh and then when people started to reach the cusp the higher points of magic when they were doing basically the extents of what they could perceive or understand to do the world went into this crazy period called the dereliction where a thousand years for the next thousand years magic just spontaneously disappeared and the gods all stopped answering uh people's prayers questions inquiries anything they wouldn't even send gusts of wind if people 
were trying to do magic because magic didn't work. And a lot of other bad stuff kind of happened with this too, such as like the races of elves and dwarves aged like humans. Uh, the only races, I think the only race I, I've written here that didn't actually have a lifespan with, were dragons and they would actually still live forever. But they got very sleepy during this time because they are very magical beasts. There are many magical races that exist that just spontaneously disappeared as well. And there are many organizations that spent a long time believing that magic would go on and spent a long time doing their best to understand that the world was damaged and wondering when magic would come back. But over a thousand years, people just began to see magic more as just like story stories because no one really lived long enough to remember it and they were just constantly hearing these times of their predecessors telling them oh yeah magic was great and then their then their sons and children sons and daughters saying oh yeah their magic it was great and eventually people were like bullshit so eventually magic was the idea of people forgetting over time and it just became stories to people just tell, talking to you guys about this more than anything, like as as we've all played this played in this campaign for about five sessions, uh, we're starting not from the very beginning of the characters first introduced here. They're starting about five months after Magic has come back, and they've grouped together and begun to learn that some of the problems that have come with Magic's return, and some of the characters themselves are seeking to fix this as well. But we'll kind of get started on introducing some of our actual characters now and and joey you're playing whom i am playing plato zalton he uh he comes from sleepport which is in the upper northern mountainous forested uh very winter themed area um his father was the head guard and he was set to kind of take his place at one point and rise to the occasion of being the head guard. Um, Why didn't he? Well, he well he just wasn't naturally gifted there. He had things distracting him. He was very much uh, infatuated with the stories of magic of years and years ago. Um, he enjoyed he enjoyed reading, and he really felt like he was born in the wrong place at the wrong time. Here he. He really was uh, out of place. So he did spend uh, most of his life to this point training to, to fill the boots of his father, but uh, it, was, it was pretty clear that he just wasn't getting there. Um, there were other people who were just, uh, they got the gift, you know? Um, but once Magic came back, uh, he had read up on enough literature about it um, and had some contacts to uh, pursue what he really felt like he was meant to do. So he traveled to Withike for many months, um, honing his crafts, and uh, Sleepport was outside of the Sovereign, and he had a somewhat sheltered life. So in his travel uh, from boat, he met a bunch of, you know, more of the mangy characters the world had to offer and kind of got to meet the outside world a little bit. So getting to Withike, he was a bit more normalized to the outside world. And he was um, also heavily taxed, I imagine. Too. Yeah, he yeah. was. that was a, a hard concept for him to grasp right yeah. off the bat. So, so from, because he's from outside the sovereignty, um, he doesn't necessarily have to follow. Uh, when he came to the sovereignty, he was receiving of understanding that taxes became a thing. And it's a rather new sovereignty, so they're trying to find things. But... But Plato himself, uh, he's trying to, he set out because he wanted to learn magic, right? Yes. And in doing so, he's going to, or he got, he had a pen pal at best. Yes, he uh, he was pen pals uh, with someone called uh, Dr. Jacques Dumont. Yeah, Jaquais Dumont. Yeah, Jaquais as he's known uh, colloquially. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he was actually an author that he read up a lot on, and that's kind of how we found out about him. And so uh, it was a big honor to meet him, um, and he, he very quickly became dedicated to just magic is his life now. And um, adventuring, he found out pretty quickly, too, is the best way to get it. He finds artifacts, he gets to use his skills and you know practical uses, and um, he thinks that 
this is the way to go about, you know, reaching the pinnacle of what magic has to offer. So what is, what is his goal? Is it just to get, like, reach the, uh, yeah, he, he really wants to see, I guess, where it all leads to, like, what can be attained? What's the limits of magic? Um, he's received the book of Mendes, which is the book of kind of the, the Michael Jordan of magic, if you will. And Plato is convinced he can be the LeBron James of today. Oh, so, man. okay. Yeah. Cause Mendes is, was one of the heroes. But when before magic went away, yes, he was. I mean, every book that had magic in it, Mendes's name was all over it. So whenever he received this book from uh, Jaquaeus, uh, I mean, his his horizons really expanded, and he he definitely felt like he was kind of a, a letdown to his father, and now he's kind of like faced with kind of that Christ complex of I'm the chosen one now, and I have to kind of rise to the occasion here yeah i feel like this is going to be a re- recurring thing amongst amongst our D players because i feel that's just a common thing is everyone has mm-hmm. a chosen complex yeah they've been chosen for something <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh okay so with uh plato wanting to i guess set out and do all this stuff um or i guess become like this apex wizard the new the lebron james if you yes know, of wizards. yeah, yeah. Um, compared like with the rest of the party mm-hmm. um they've done a few they've done a couple different things already and uh i know i know uh plato has definitely had a problem with some bde uh in his past uh otherwise known as big dragon energy yes uh how is he he has a, a bit of an addiction problem i believe well yes he again his his goal is to have magic encompass every aspect of his life so whenever there's this magical potion that you know people are passing around he definitely wanted to have that experience at the very least and things kind of one thing led to another and he got a little carried away with it but um he has since found a way to overcome his addiction Mm, and that's uh i it wasn't a potion though was it no. Oh, okay. Just just wondering if it was like some form of just for or not, just for the audience. Yeah, I guess not necessarily a potion, more like a like a, a concoction of of uh maybe you could call it uh, some kind of drug or something. Magic cocaine, basically. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Just give <laughs> give the audience the street term for us. Oh, yeah. It's just magic I mean, magic cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it can go by a few different names, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got a lot of different street terms, but we call it BDE in this case. Yeah, that's the scientific term, if you want, like H two O BDE. I mean, it's yeah, big <laughs> dragon sauce magic, otherwise known as BDSM. Uh, okay, um, and you've acquired a bit of a friend on your way to this uh, this book, as this part has to do a little bit with your class, which we should probably also say. Yes, um, he's uh, he's taken the Order of Scribes subclass, mm-hmm. um, and his this book of Mendes is actually uh, well, it's alive. It's very much animated, and um, he's been very helpful in guiding Plato in advancing his magical prowess. Um, he's a bit of his friend. He, he uh, holds a lot of Plato's secrets. Um, and in a way, they're both helping each other learn. Uh, B- Bookie is uh, what the Book of Mendes now goes by. He named him Bookie. Yeah. Such yes. A, such a historic piece. Yes. Named Bookie. Well... I think it rolls a little better than the Book of Mendes. Yeah, to, just does. as a as a as a name, you know. But yeah, you can't say it in an airport. Okay, but here right. <laughs> yeah. it's a bomb. Exactly what I was gonna say. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other thing to tell anybody about uh, about uh, Plato right now? Well, so when we start this campaign, they'll understand everything about you. Yeah. There, well, I'll tell you this: Plato has. Uh, he's he's quite the young lad. He's only uh, twenty twenty one years old. Um, he's uh, a strapping young lad and he is, he has much to learn about the world and he has much to show of his skill. So we're, he's, uh, he's developed quite a bit, but, uh, there's much to be seen from Plato. Awesome. So pretty optimistic look on it. He's got a very positive view on the world, I imagine. Yeah. He's kind of, uh, again, he's been kind of sheltered in one spot his whole life. So he, uh. He's yet to see just about everything that the world has to offer. But yeah. he, he assumes it's all it's all good. It's all good out there. The world is a good place. 
I say with confidence. Um, okay, yeah, let's let's jump now. Let's meet. We have. I don't. I didn't set a time for how long this is go, but we're gonna jump to another character now, and uh, whoever wants to go next. All right. So my name's Alec. As I've said before, my character is Adris, who is a monk of an organization known as the Order of the Holy Form. It's a monster in the Silver South Ranges, which focuses on achieving enlightenment mainly through physical perfection. So while they do do normal monk stuff like, you know, meditating and, you know, lying the chakras and all that stuff. Oh, of course. They also, like, juggle dumpsters and shit, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> so, yeah, I I remember when you came up with this idea. It was very, it wasn't 100% fleshed out right away. Yeah, it's basically the original concept was, what if you had, like... A monk organization that was more like a bodybuilder organization instead of a bunch of, you know, like more traditional monks. Yeah, and I think it ended in a weird kind of ground because the order itself, the order of holy form is is definitely like a, a cross between like that, just that, like a monk, a monk yeah. monastery along with like a frat house, yeah. but also like... Like a CrossFit gym. <laughs> yeah, like a monk monastery and a frat house and like a gold's gym all rolled in one. <laughs> all rolled up and just mashed together. Yeah, um, basically. A gold's gym or a planet fitness? Gold's gym, not planet. Not- okay, not that track. Get that out of here. Get that out of here. <laughs> no, but, and so the main sort of, I guess, in- inspiration or direction with Address is this more strength-oriented monk as opposed to being more, like, agile and dexterous, just focusing more on just that raw physical strength. Yeah, most monks in, in D&D, like, the main ability score for monks is dexterity. But 90% of the time, you're punching stuff. So you figure, you know, we gotta be pretty strong. So that's sort of the main direction I wanted to lean in with him. But he's still a pretty nimble lad. Yeah, and and you talked a lot about this idea of just physical fitness and like the finding that perfection of of the physical self and then his order they existed they they were formed around the time when magic disappeared originally yeah the main like when the order was formed around that time it was mainly to give people that sort of place of hey you know what we centered our entire lives around has just disappeared but that's not the only direction we can take and so rather than focusing on that sort of, like on magic essentially focus on they focus what more you can on, control yeah what you can control which eventually turned into i don't want to say like a disdain but more of just a complete distrust slash disregard for most things magical which kind of sometimes clashes with just what monks do because you could technically interpret what they do as almost magical, but they very vehemently disagree. Yeah, yeah their order is completely yes. against the idea of key is not magical to them. Key, key it's not magic. It's totally, it's totally different, man. Yeah, it's, like you got your chakras, you know, you got your feng shui line, you know, you gotta get your karma balance of magic. No, 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 no. You gotta get that gut biome good. Yeah. You gotta, get the, you gotta get the microbiome. All yeah, you gotta good. get your microbiome yeah. all healthy. You drink your kombucha. Yeah, and also sort of part of that, I guess, part of the inspiration for Address was: what if all of that weird, like pseudoscience health stuff, actually worked? <laughs> it actually all worked out for them. As it okay. as it, but what if it worked more? <laughs> if it works even better than it it already does, yeah, I guess. So he's like, hey, don't believe in this one thing. Believe in this other thing that you totally don't think makes sense. But trust me, it works. Yeah. You just got to get your healing crystals, man. Gotta, 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 he's really in on big energy. Got like to gotta lather up that snake oil, man. Uh, chakras, mm-hmm. uh, feng shui. Yeah. Pretty much any any conceptual belief like that. Yeah, sort of a lot of that more esoteric and spiritual belief as opposed to direct magic now when we we started this campaign we ran a few sessions beforehand we did like a small like introductory arc so the players mm-hmm. would all be introduced and everything and now address in this beginning part um he had a bit of a an, a learning aspect yes. of him so he has spent so, his whole life training right yeah so he spent his whole life 
training his body and in martial arts. And then around five months ago, when Magic came back, uh, there was this earthquake that just ravaged his order. There were several people who were killed or injured, and his the leader of the monastery and sort of the father figure to him because he was orphaned at the, at the monastery and he doesn't really have any other family than them. At the very least, he didn't. Uh, and so the leader of the monastery, Sigma Kai Coleman, uh, was grievously injured during that earthquake, which kind of shook him a bit, but afterwards he... After he helped rebuild, he set out at the start of the campaign to sort of help anyone who might have been, you know, who might have suffered a similar fate to him, this catastrophe of magic returning to the world. And it's sort of a similar role to what the Order took when it was first founded, because it's giving, it's sort of affirming that belief that they've held on to for a thousand years that, you know... There is, you know, a place for the common man with or without magic. You don't need magic and like God powers to do good in the world. You just gotta, you just gotta live, man. But in the in the past, like let's let's be real. In the past, in the past like week, honestly, or yeah. a couple months. Uh, We're picking up a, a couple months of travel yeah. down the road for you guys. But like right before you guys left, um, like probably a few days before you left, what did what happened to Adris? Did he come into some uh, sort of recollection? So he recently discovered that he has this magical ability that he doesn't really know how to fully control. It first manifested when we were trying to use this scroll that we need to activate, and he volunteered just because. Sure, why not? And then when it actually worked, he was very disgruntled, to say the least. Because uh, he spent his whole life around this idea that magic's dangerous. You know, wizards blow up, sorcerers blow up. You know, don't do magic, you're going to blow up. Uh, or at the very least, it's just not wise to dabble in. And now that he has this magical power in him that he doesn't know how to or if he can control really freaks him out and part of that magical ability manifests through his subclass uh the way of the first spark which is a homebrew subclass that uh jimmy has kindly made himself yes uh which i know very little about because as is jimmy tradition he keeps things very secret from me to gaslight me and fuck with me i again this is all from the alleged, players. the alleged sadist Jimmy. Yeah, this is all from my players. This, this is not a true fact. This is just, this is just player superstition. So wait, is that subclass new new? Because I haven't heard of that one yet. Um, <laughs> like, like newer, new to me at least. Yeah, it it okay. came about. It came about later after the time I had made yeah, some subclasses. Like, um, that's cool. Yeah, it was very much an impromptu character change, but it's something that I feel really works with them. It adds that sort of extra complication into him because now he has to deal with, you know, what's he going to do about this? Like, is he going to, like, either, like, try control and harness it or is he just going to be like, there is lightning coming out of my hands. Please get it out. Yeah. And so definitely figuring it all out uh, in the end. He left the order. I just want to establish this, too. He left the order specifically to help with Mm -hmm. all these problems, too. And now he himself is one of these yeah, problems. Himself, now he is the problem. And he doesn't know just that uncertainty behind it. Because he's not like a wizard or something who studied magic. Or even like a sorcerer or other arcane derivative who has that level of control over it. He doesn't. It kind of just happens. It does. And he does not like that. <laughs> Especially because he doesn't really feel like he controls it yet either. Yeah, so it's like... Sure, I mean, it seems to have been doing good for him so far, but who knows? Maybe he tries to, I don't know, throw someone or use his inner key and ends up exploding mm-hmm. or hurting someone he cares about. So Awesome. Uh, yeah, let's move on to one of our other characters as we continue from here. Um, 
Samuel, do you want to uh, talk about sure. the only dwarf in our group? Absolutely. So again, I'm Samuel, and I play Bordovic, the Black Dog Smokestone, who is a slightly chaotic, morally ambiguous dwarf. Um, his home is, or at least was, with a K. Yes. And he is the son of Gemma and Boris Smokestone, or so he thought oh. until our last session. Oh. Yeah, recently discovered he is adopted, which makes a lot of sense because all of his family was very different from him. Yeah, they did. They were different types of dwarves. Completely different types of dwarves. Because he himself is a hill dwarf. He has an intelligence of eight. Give him a break. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. On the scale of one to 20. Needless to say, a lot of things started to make sense. Mm-hmm. He's from a, um, he worked for his, uh, adopted parents for a long time as well. Yes. So <laughs> he is, um, first off, fully convinced that he worked a good, honest living. That good, honest living, uh, was smuggling and thieving and stealing items of value and liberating them into more protective hands of his criminal family. And so, not a fan of taxes, not a fan of um, paying for things in general. And actually where he got his part of his name, the Black Dog, throughout the, throughout the group was his willingness to kind of step in and do the, the, the black work, the dirty work, and in the shadows at night. He wasn't really a good sneak thief, but he was the guy you called when sneaking failed. Him and his trusty hammer. Perfect. That he's <laughs> a, a huge fan of. And, um, yeah, he is a sorcerer. Oh, what type of sorcerer is he? He is a stone sorcerer. So, specialty in earth magic, as he's slowly discovering. Um, magic coming back kind of hit him uh, like puberty. All of a sudden, there was a lot of changes going on. And he didn't really know how to handle it. At first, he thought it surely must be him, not not a family thing, because none of his family showed any signs of magic, really. But turns out they're not his family. Yeah, that's so. fair. I guess they, they they definitely wouldn't have had magic. <laughs> so but he doesn't really know where his magic comes from. He's never thought about it. It's never been something he's really thought about until now. He's slowly starting to want to discover where his magic comes from. So a little bit of and this might help tie into yours a little bit is like sorcerers are, they have magic in, in their blood. And so it's usually derived what type of sorcerer they are is from, or what type of sorcerer they are is from based on their blood. So when magic had come back in the world, a lot of people learned very quickly that they are sorcerers <laughs> of varying potency as well. Um, and that's just because they descended from a line of, a bloodline of sorcerers in the past, but uh, there wasn't really any way of telling this up until wind magic came back. Um, so Borvik, being a stone sorcerer, gives him ties to um, ties to this earth magic, and uh, being from Withike as well, and with his adopted parents, uh, when you had returned back, you had gone on some missions and returned back, and somehow ended up with the. Uh, with the party at hand here because you were trying to steal this very same book that uh, the book of Mendes that Plato was trying to acquire. Um, but when in the loops of it, I believe you got robbed of all of your clothes. That is true. And, yes. Uh, very true. And also lost a, uh, an orphan dwarf in the process. It could have happened to anybody. And, and at the same time, they all still helped you get all these, uh, solve all these problems. All's well that ends well. And then when your world was shattered with losing your, uh, losing your parents figuratively because they were they were not your real parents um it kind of left you in a weird place yeah, well i did before they were killed about half an hour before they were killed i did learn that they were trying to kill me that is so true. mixed bag of feelings there yeah definitely mixed bag and it didn't it probably rests pretty uneasy on you to know that the town of with k which was your hometown was destroyed by a dragon oh, waking up. Quite completely. Yeah, quite completely destroyed by a dragon waking up, which took place merely in our last session before we started this, um, which is definitely why all you guys are on the road right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... We're not going to stick around. Uh, but cool. Then we'll, we'll move forward from Borovic then. Um, uh, hey, I, uh, James, am playing Veraldin Derrickson. 
uh, ranger. Uh, Brawlid's the epitome of just a regular dude. He cannot cast magic at all. Um, yes, he's unlike most characters in Dungeons yes. & Dragons. He cannot cast magic. Uh, like when we, we did the scroll thing with Adris and Adris learned he had magic, it passed to me first and it did not work. So we have confirmation there. Um, he's from a place called Sovereign Town. It used to be called Monarchy Town? I think it was just Kingstown. I think, it, yeah, it was Kingstown. Um, it changes. With what? Whoever rules the <laughs> <Yes>. lands. <laughs> um, they have a very uh, conventional naming scheme there. Yeah, um, and so that puts that puts Raldon's last name as what? Derrickson. Oh, okay, just like. Um, whose fa- his father was uh, Derek Johnson. His father was John. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, his father is also dead by now, but he was just old. Yeah, was, died of old age. Uh, his mom's alive, though, because she's an elf. Um, slightly Which, off topic. Uh, no, no, that's fine. So he, his his parents are... His father was a human. Yeah. His mother was an elf. But you yeah. are technically... But a human. Still human. I want to say half-elves and half-things don't exist. Yeah, half-elves specifically aren't really a common like a common thing. It's just essentially yeah. how much of like the trace yeah. gene pool, if we want to get into that, goes into it. You You majority end up ended up being a human and just like most people do there's probably rare cases but yeah it was like um for what you understand um my guy uh spent a lot of his youth just in his hometown until he was about like 15 16 he left to go like get money because you know not the most well-off family uh spent some time as a sailor among other things but like you know he was sailing uh and he learned after the ship he was on crashed, he learned that the ship was carrying a bunch of comatose entlings, basically. Yeah, it's they're just normal trees, but they do have faces, which kind of denotes yeah. that they are uh, they would be little in, little tree entlings. Yeah, like they'd be ents if magic was around, and if it was Tolkien's world. <laughs> yeah, um, and so are, are they not called ents in D anD? d They're actually they're tree ants. Tree ant, like that's how you say it, it's tree ant. Okay wild i know it's it's ground shaking i right was there. like oh they're just like it's not trent tr- either <laughs> it's weird okay I'll, i'm gonna keep that one in mind uh but after this crash he you know found all these tree ants and a bunch of rogue bandits came up led by a half orc mm. named jorky thorky very nice name yeah i wonder where that came <laughs> i wonder if that was just a filler name and then never got changed a filler name and your dungeon master decided to use it yeah. just, to, just to fuck with you <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take the l on that one um and you know Veralden, like kind of realizing these tree ants were alive was like oh that's probably not good yeah he probably made that um, connection so after getting his ass handed to him by jorky thorky yeah oh, okay uh he met, he was rescued by this guy named Jared Storfin, a little halfling dude, um, who was with the Collapse Conclave. Yes, the Collapse. Why don't we, why don't we yeah, brief we some people on that a little bit? Because so, that became a lot of his life after that. Yeah, the Collapse Conclave is a group of rangers. And mm-hmm. I guess there's some druids. There's some clerics, druids. and Yeah, it's, like, it's not ranger specific, but it's a ranger thing. Um, and they they go around and they protect like magical creatures it creatures in general i mean they're pretty pro nature shit yeah. um not necessarily don't kill animals but like don't yeah don't, don't illegally trade don't animals, abuse animals to make animals. drugs yeah it's like a combination of peta and park rangers yeah it's like but um, not too peta not too park ranger and they you know they are spent their life protected the forests and all that stuff so Raldin runs into Derek, and they work together to try and track down Jorky Thorky. Um, but Jorky Thorky got away, um, and they were not able to save the tree ants. So he ran into Derek? Yeah. As uh, in Jared? Jared, I am... This is really sorry. great. After he brings a good point up, I believe. Yeah. So it is It is canon that Veralden is uh, awful at names. Yeah. He cannot remember them. Mm-hmm. Which is just a me thing, but which you know, is also <laughs> just really bad for anybody listening to. But yes. that's okay. Sometimes we can catch it. I I try and make it obvious, um, but it's usually by pointing and making direct eye contact with people. Did anybody else catch it? 
I didn't know. That. I, yeah, I know Same. Who we're yeah, about my all. my players listening <laughs> capabilities. It's it's there. They're trying, man. I haven't even been here for the majority of all of this. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Braldon and Jaredin worked to uh, track down Jorky Thorky, but they were unable to catch her. Uh, she slipped their hands. Um. It got away, and they were not able to save the tree ants. But uh, Braldon kind of figured, hey, this is probably what, like, like this makes sense to me. So he, he joined up with the Collapse Conclave and spent the next, like, ten-ish? Yeah, roughly ten, ten years. Yeah, ten years uh, working for the Conclave, or, well, training and then working for the Conclave. Um, and he was really proud of that for a while, and then Magic came back. So when magic came back, all of the magical creatures woke up and were like, yo, thanks, guys. But we don't really, you know, need it anymore. We, we're a big-ass fucking tree. <laughs> I can throw people. Yeah, no, pretty, pretty much what they said. Yeah, word for yeah. word. Um, and so they were like, well, cool. Um, and most of the rangers got, like, magic or got blessed with magic from the magical creatures and stuff. Um, but Braldon didn't, and he's a little salty about that. Yeah, there were a lot of there were a few different rangers that didn't get the, yeah. get the powers back, but you've had to make do without them, though. Yes. Uh, for clarification, I do still have like the ranger spells. They just are not magic. They are me doing things. What form of subclass are you playing? I am playing the ranger of the collapse conclave that Jimmy wrote up. It is like specialized in not having magic. I can like roll around and get extra attack range. Which pairs really well with the with, weapon of choice that you yes, used. Yes, uh, my character may or may not... Cause the inspiration for Veraldin came from, like, oh, just being a regular dude fighting magical shit. Um, i.e. something like Castlevania. Yeah. So he has a he has a whip. Uh-huh. And he may or may not have dual-wielded whips at one point. And it was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Which we we learned broke like so many rules we were playing or using already, but we we somehow both read whip wrong. Yeah, we did because How? because who uses whips and like because we both read it at separate times and we're both like, oh yeah, oh why yeah, is it like that? It's bad. I've read it many times now and still didn't know. Wild. Um, and so he was sent out with a lot of rangers who were just like, hey, go do things. Um, <laughs> I like how it's very vague. Yeah, like. Hey, maybe go figure out why magic's back and like, you know, stop illegal animal trading. But like for for the most part, Veraldin's just kinda turned loose on his own and he's like, Well, I guess I'm gonna figure things out. Yeah, continue the business if he could. Um and, and Veraldin's been a pretty like I don't wanna say stalwart, that feels like the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Like level headed. Yeah. Level headed, like, hey, walls up. <laughs> has been a phrase emotional walls up. walls up let's go deal with the thing <laughs> like let's go take care of stuff uh, up until recently which is you know yeah he had a little uh, bit of boiling point he's been dealing with some uh, stuff because as we as he got to with which was just kind of the first place in his path of hey i'm gonna go this direction um he ran into everyone else we saved the Dwarfids, and then we learned uh, Jorky Thorky was involved in town, uh, specifically with an illegal fighting ring uh, run by the love of his life, Regina Sharp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Caltican, a Caltican uh, uh, bird person, gal gang boss. Yes, she she was a drug lord too. Yeah, um, yeah. But you you did fancy her, I guess. <laughs> Look, all I can say is uh. The drinks were flowing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, you know, as you know, he was getting a lot of flashbacks to a very important date in like recent collapsed history with the Night of Blood and Ivy. Is that the final name? It That's the final name because we've written it three times and I settled yes, on it for we, we both we change it every time. Blood and Ivy with anything else. Sorry. <laughs> It's like every time we say it, we forget. Yeah. Um, where, uh, well, first it was it was the day of ash and fire. Yeah. Um, in which the town of name it was yeah. it was with a K. 
Not with a K. It started... Kindoria. I mean, with a K also burned down. <laughs> yes. With K also burned down. Kindoria. It with Kindoria. Um, Kindoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are loggers. Yes. Kindoria started expanding their logging operation by force into a forest that was very heavily occupied by the rangers of and- the collapsed. And as they did so, they were like, all right, we're going to just deal with the rangers then. Um, and they led a giant ambush on the Rangers, um, which is how Veraldin lost part of his ear because he was there at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was basically magic Vietnam, but without magic. Um, <laughs> okay. Which was followed by the Night of Blood and Ivy, where the Rangers, you know, after being decimated and all of that, were like, okay, let's, you know, let's sneak into their town and murder everybody yeah they wanted revenge you know, definitely everybody mm-hmm. some would say the rivers ran red i mean like a lot of people died that night a lot of people died that day too but it was more one side it was one side at this time too just the other way but you know mm-hmm. so i have my bias so simply put basically the kandorians came in and were essentially forcibly taking a lot of these trees and yes. coincidentally some of the lives of the rangers in the forest were not taken. coincidentally <laughs> It was a battle. <laughs> but on the other hand, they the rangers essentially came back uh, in the and massacred them and attacked them in their sleep. Yes. Which has put in a big tarnish on the record of the collapse as yes. of recent. Um, um the order's only been trying to recover from that uh damage. Like that whole day and night were were a traumatic experience to say the least. Yeah, and he still is dealing with some of yes. the remembering it was where he took his first life. Yeah. He hasn't the manner in which he took it is weighed very heavily on him. <laughs> yeah. And very similar to uh, recent events as well. Yes, in recent events you did in uh, fact finally in our first arc your whole goal was to, getting revenge on Yeah. Uh we went uh we tracked down all the the drugs and the dwarfins and everything that was going on. Uh and I found Jorky Thorky and I got separated from the party and you know we won v one Um and I won. Yeah. And I may have like strangled her to death while she was trying to tell me some important info that I was like, oh, this is obviously a trick. Duh. Yeah. Um, and then I found some evidence on her corpse that was like, oh, maybe I am the bad guy. Um, <laughs> and that's really fucking Veralded up right now. Yeah. He did find she used to be a member of the Collapsed as yes. well. Yes. And apparently, according to her, the Collapsed is like completely corrupt. And, you know, they're the ones trafficking the magic animals and stuff so uh yeah (laughs) so that's a little bit of a worry for you but we'll we'll explore that more in the regular session let's let's jump over now um jaden uh would you like to let's talk about uh your character uh it's quant letney yes it's quant letney well there's lots to talk about um all right that's good then (laughs) 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 right no um We'll we'll try to condense down uh, like the I don't know ten ish pages that I've written out um, uh, okay. into some reasonable sentences. Yeah. Uh, important facts about Ithquant Letney. Uh, he's a descendant of Ithquant Torin, uh, potentially also known as Darastrix Torin. Uh, he is the chosen knight of conquest for his clan, uh, the Ithquant. So, for some context for people, what is Ithquant and what is he? What class is he? Because that uh, yes. might be a little more helpful. So uh, he's a paladin. Uh, he will. He is the um, uh, oath of conquest paladin. Uh, I'm under the impression he's probably like one of the very few that exists in the world, if there are any others. Um, he's a pure scale dragonborn, which is um, essentially just a gym dragonborn, reflavored, look chromatic. Uh, and uh, unique features being he's more draconic looking. He has a tail, um, horns, compared to the fellow dragonborn, the Ignome, which are your uh, more classical ones that lack tails and horns. Yeah, Both, they didn't breed um, as they didn't um, breed with the same colors. They aren't, they aren't, uh, they aren't as um, well well kept. Would uh, uh, would would Ithquant let any? What is his thoughts on Ignom? Well, so so uh, the Ignom are maybe like uh, disgusting and vile. Uh-huh. Um, and Whereas the pure scales, yeah, the are. pure scales are like the closest thing we'll get to the you know proper draconic divinity. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, Ignom <laughs> shouldn't exist. That's not the point. Okay. <laughs> so his fav- he doesn't really favor them as much. No, no, no. Okay. I mean, there's definitely no biases at yeah. all. I wouldn't look at an Ignom and be like. Um, wow, that really is just a fucking Darethric. Yeah, and these um, are draconic words. 
that no one will know. That's not important. What's important <laughs> is that the draconic people know them, uh-huh. and they would know that like I couldn't insult them more than calling them a Darethric. Okay, so, um, it's the worst. It's yeah, it's calling. Well, it literally them a bad means name. no dragon. So oh, okay, <laughs> uh, that's that's not what's important. What's important is that um, so so yes, he's he's a he's a knight of conquest. Uh, he uh, about Torin because that's a a little bit important. Uh, Torin uh, was chosen by the Doomwing to become uh, the first Knight of Conquest, uh, and you know their ultimate goal is to purify the world of all evil, uh, like mainly demons, fiends, and whatnot. Um, however, uh, during the dereliction, there was a uh, long period where demons and fiends just weren't really that around. And while you would think maybe they were out of a job and enjoying the lack of evil, they found evil in other places. Such as people. Yeah. Uh, additionally, with magic gone, it made conquesting uh, and instilling fear into your foes a little bit more difficult. So um, they found alternative ways to uh, go about doing that. Um. So uh, tell me that. So he's Ithquant himself was raised uh, to be this oath of conquest. Is he's he's taking up this mantle of this? Person yes, of the past. Yeah, he's taken up uh, the mantle from his father. It's passed down uh, every generation to the to the next. What will become eventually the head of the clan. Um, his father, uh, Opsala, uh, Ithquant, or Ithquant Opsala, was the previous knight. Uh, he Ithquant started his training when he was seven, uh, and he's been training for the past twelve years. Um, his training was always pretty brutal. You know, the occasional broken arm a week. Uh, maybe you'd get a couple days to rest it off before you start training again. Uh, if you were lucky. Um, but he's finally come back. Uh, Magic returned recently, which was uh, inspiring for his clan and uh, maybe set some extra pressure onto him and uh, ha- his expected performance um, because, you know, he should be all the more capable now that Magic has returned. Yeah, and they are also realizing that now that Magic's also returned, there's also a lot of evils that have returned Oh, too. yes, of course. Right? So, all of those fiends and demons that they spoke of in their legends are bound to have returned and be plaguing the world constantly absolutely but she has seen so many already i've seen so many um i've i in fact uh he's seen in his five month journey to with um zero (laughs) Uh, but that's not what's important what's important is he needs to purify evil yes um yeah so he journeyed down to with uh but when he got there there was this dragon just attacking the town he did Um, see a dragon attacking the town it was it was pretty strange uh he ran into these uh group of Mostly capable individuals mm-hmm. who um, definitely were also not trying to burn down the town. Yeah, it's it um, definitely seemed like there were some interesting concepts as going as how to save people. Yes. Um, so uh, he has a unique opinion of them. Uh, it's he hasn't had too much interaction with the outside world, um, especially non dragonborn people. Uh, he had a brief uh, interaction with travelers, but most tried to stay away from him because of his intimidating presence. Yes. Which is uh, part of being a conquest paladin as well, right? Um, so, uh, so many many things about their culture that confuse him, um, like this sex thing that they speak <laughs> of. Uh, they don't even have tails. How do they do it? <laughs> so that that all being said, as well, so Ithquant, he mm-hmm. he probably carries he's carrying a lot of pressure on him from his clan because oh, he's sure. supposed to be the next leader of the clan too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh, no, definitely much pressure. Additionally, you know, with his whole uh, travels not going how he was told they would go um, has uh, put him in a place where he doesn't really know what he's doing because uh, ideally he, he heard a lot of trouble in Withake and he got there and there was no Withake. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the trouble already happened. Uh, right. He missed it. He's like, crap, where do I go now? So he's just, uh, he's following uh, his new companions on their travels, uh, hoping. To, to find some more evil. As they seem to have a very similar mindset of yes. looking for at least some form of trouble or potential that you were mm-hmm. you thought could work out. In your worst favor. comes to worst, he can count on at least one of them to make that trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he 100% did look at Plato. Um, <laughs> that. Hey, that's um, a surprise. <laughs> that's a surprise tool that'll help us uh, later. Great, so that... Um, that kind of answers a lot of the questions already about Letney. So Letney is this oath of conquest paladin, and he follows. And it's we say loosely follows because most paladins follow like a code in order, and especially in his clan, they've followed this for a long time for slaying these great evils. Um, a lot of the association is with this blessing they've got from a 
one of the gods of the world called the the Doomwing. Now, the Doomwing is essentially your big evil dragon god of this world. Uh, evil subjective. Evil subjective to hit the Ithquant clan, specifically. Um, as, as some controversial mention has come about, there have been some movements of this clan uh, of a an order called the Crimson, which have been devoutly worshipping uh, this uh, god, the Doomwing. They're worshipping them the wrong way, though. That's... It Absolutely. is all about the perception of mm-hmm. that, and that is a big, a big idea we have we have come. We, we, have come across we all know the Doomwing only wants to rid the world of evil, so that way when it shows up, there's no evil to plague it. Um, yeah, exactly. and there's definitely no alternative motive. Yeah, there is no. And alternative anyone motive. who says so is a heretic and will probably be uh, put on the stake. Yeah, so everyone's got some learning to do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Everything I've just said is 100 percent true. Yes, and they all have their. Belief, their characters all have their own beliefs and such as well. But um, I think after all of that, we've introduced the characters a little bit. We should explain a little bit about like the rules quickly about the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so Dungeons and Dragons is a role playing game, as we all know, where we all talk in sometimes funny voices, sometimes not. Um, sometimes it's it's a stretch, and we try, but it doesn't pay off. Uh, mostly me. Uh, there are. There's a handful of dice that you use. You have D4, D6, D8, D10, and D12, and then your D20, which is used for uh, most of the rules in the game. So it's just the, si- the amount of sides on the dice. Um, Dungeons & Dragons itself has a couple different things that I will be asking the players to do at different times. If they want to do certain things, like if Plato wants to figure out what type of magic he's looking at, he can make a skill check for a specific type of skill, and they have on their character sheet a bunch of skills, and I'll just usually ask them. Like, for example, Plato, if I say make an Arcana check, he would roll a 20-sided dice and he would add numbers that he has on his character sheet to the roll and it determines what he gets. So sometimes it can be above 20. Sometimes if your if stop, your scores are low enough, it could be below 1. Um, sometimes you can get 0 if your intelligence is 8, Samuel. Shut up. And address. <laughs> we don't talk about it. Uh, so skill checks are used to accomplish things in the game and the higher the score is the varying success or whatever rule I set onto it. Sometimes you want to fail checks. It's just you don't always know. Uh, there are then additionally attack rules when you have combat where you want to swing your sword and you want to hit something, you make attack rules. It all works on the same 20-sided dice system and then the damage varies based on the type of weapon you're using. The saving throw is the mechanic that we use to avoid danger. If something is thrown at you like a ball of fire, some would call a fireball, uh, very... Very foreign spell. Nobody uses fireball, so it's uh, I'm using an obscure reference for most everyone. But yes. a fireball causes people to need to make a dexterity saving throw to jump out of the way, and they would anyone in the range of it would uh, make a saving throw to get out of the way. And I will generally ask for these check. I have an additional one I call luck rolls, which is just you roll the twenty sided dice, and that kind of determines the fate of the situation. Usually, you want to roll high. Um, but that's it for the simply explaining the rules. There's a bunch of other small mechanics that are adjoined with it that uh, are small conditions that we'll see over time. And we won't always get the rules right. And we'll sometimes run them different, which is okay. But additionally, we also have resident players that will know the rules more than others, which can also help as well. Every uh, character also comes with some spells and stuff, uh, except for Veraldin, who uh, does not have magic. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and our monk, who just does weird magic. I, I, I don't know what's going on with me, man. <laughs> we were supposed to be brothers in the magicless society. Listen, man, and you I left me. I didn't want this. Have you considered just using magic? Ooh, yeah. Damn, I, I wish not. I had thought of that one. <laughs> but Here, let me pick up this scroll of fire sword again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, either way, there's a bunch of different... Uh, different magic that can be done despite um, what some of our characters can or can't do. And that those spells will hopefully read out loud every time, maybe once, and then hopefully we won't have to read it again unless I genuinely forget. And then I'll ask the player to read it. Um, I think as we're learning this too, we're going to try to learn as to not shuffle our papers as much as we're going through all this uh, as we all play with pencil and paper at the table. And uh, except for some of us, that have to have a bunch of other stuff. Nerd. Yeah, I'm the nerd with the weird computer and stuff in front of me. I know, sorry. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost like you're recording something. Yeah, don't Click. touch that key. <laughs> uh, but 
that should pretty much cover everything we need to in our session zero. That's kind of introduced all our players. Let's give a little bit of a kind of a summary kind of of the world so far. So you guys came to this town of Withakay all through different means. And you essentially tried to uncover a drug trafficking uh, scheme, we'll say, as while also uh, recovering the Book of Mindus, which is was the first thing that was stolen originally. Uh, that book, turning out to be Bookie, was uh, the new companion to Plato, and you guys followed all of the, uh, essentially followed up on a case, figuring out where this. Yeah, you guys were following this BDE <laughs> where you essentially went to a place called the Thunderdome, followed up on some quests. You guys did a bunch of stuff in Withakay and... Maybe accidentally dealt drugs you once or twice. You did happen to deal some drugs and did get Plato addicted to drugs. Good times. Oh, he got himself addicted to drugs, all right. If I'm... I don't want to be crazy, but you're... you. Are, I know you're such a wholesome person, but did you... Did Adris do drugs? It was only to prevent him from getting further addicted to drugs. Okay? Oh, okay. I just wanted to confirm that you did drugs. That was... Listen, sometimes you gotta do bad things for the greater good, right? You gotta balance out that karma, man. For the greater you gotta good. line the chakras, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the greater good. If you start to question it, it all falls Look, apart. I'll have you know, everything I do is the greater good. I can do no <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I am the greater good. I'm the greatest good you'll ever have. Exactly. <laughs> uh... Yes. From there, though, you guys did end up finding where the uh, BDE was coming from. It was coming from some goblins, which no one else have to hear me do all this because uh, there was a bunch of popular goblins that were used in this, all probably trademarked in some way. Um, but you made it through and fought the o the OC goblin and found out where the BDE was coming from, and also dealt with the uh, dealt with one of the dealers of BDE, Jorky Thorky. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, during all of this escapade, you did happen to make a little thing where we call a, maybe a mistake and woke it, awoke a dragon, which promptly destroyed uh, Borovic's hometown. Uh, no comment. Yeah, no comment. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no was, comment. It, was it on us? I think it's debatable. Yeah, it was debatably on you guys, but nonetheless, the dragon did wake up and destroy your town, and you guys did have to flee from there to some extent and make your way to... Ferthia, which was the next place. And you, we are picking up from where you guys left off, essentially, and that is on the road to Ferthia. So that is where we will pick up with our first session. And at that point, that's, I think, everything we have to cover for our uh, session zero, unless anyone has any commentary to add about telling people about it. If there's anything we forgot to mention, they'll find out. Yeah, they're just going to, over time, <laughs> we're just going to be making dumb ass references to things. Yeah. Okay. Hey, remember that time when Plato met Socrates? So true. Classic moment. Classic. Yeah, that was, that it was a classic moment. Definitely it's happened. totally platonic, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe to you. Plato and My Socrates, head platonic though. relationship. Unfortunately, it's only platonic for one of us. Oh, For the other one, it's Socratic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're, no, we're fucking done there. <laughs> That's where we're in. Oh, you're all in, fellas. No, I have a whole childhood song I wrote. I, I do know you have a childhood song. <laughs> we can use that for that. Okay, let me do the outro, guys. No. You just have to be quiet. You told us we get a break. Hold me a so we can be quiet. Give me a second. I've already started recording. Okay. Okay, are you good, Samuel? Okay, perfect. All right. Thank you for listening to Goon Quest. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more of it, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Not only does this help us, others find the show, but it also helps us feel good about ourselves. Uh, our opening music is by Suma Studio and Alexander Nakarada. Our cover art is by Casey May. Outro music by Alexander Nakarada. Audio editing by myself and Christopher. Oh, hey. Yeah, James. I forgot I signed myself up for that. <laughs> Our Instagram can be found at goon.quest, and if you would like to provide names of NPCs or have any magic items, you can submit suggestions at goonquest at outlook.com. Thank you. Goon.
after the fact, though. Okay, ready? Goon Squad on three. One, two, three. Goon, Goon Squad! Squad! Goon Squad. Wait, so are we Goon Squad? Damn it, Chris. And future Jimmy here. Just a couple quick announcements for everyone listening at the end. Our episodes are set to release every other Friday at 8 a.m. That time could be subject to be slightly different based on where you get your podcast from. But nonetheless, it should be the Friday. As I mentioned, we have an email. You can submit NPC names or magic items, and I will consult them for use in the show. To make this easier, I also made a Google form that you could submit through as well. It can be found at, on our Instagram at goon.quest. As of now, we have recorded the first couple sessions to give me a larger window to learn the editing process of audio. I can only ask for your patience as the project has been a big undertaking and I've had less time to work on my writing as much as I wish I would have more of. As things go forward, probably around episode five, we'll probably have most of this patched up and we'll be a lot more comfortable with our mics. I want to say thank you guys so much for listening and see you in the next two weeks.